Today is a great day for a car wash. Yeah, sure. Car wash. <laughs> <laughs> this is the car wash on the SL podcast. This is a and a car. Good day and welcome to the car wash. This is episode number 46. On today's show, breaking news, Pizzo off to Egypt. Fiso Santi is training at Chiefs. IX Cape Town is no more. And a whole bunch of PSL announcements. Uh, of course, I am not alone. Uh, with me is a man who told me that he likes clean sheets, but I've never seen his bed. It's Sean Roberts. Thank you, Slew Dog. Good to be here. And uh, standing in for Teko Mudise is our kickoff journalist supreme. We call him the South African Fabrizio. It's Lorenz. How are you doing, bro? I'm all good, guys. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, man. Uh, this is a bit of a bit of a rush show. We didn't know what what the f- was going on today, but uh, happy to make it happen. And uh, you know, Sean will cheer us up with a joke of the day. All right, Sean, what you got for us? Simon, Simon, Simon. This is for you again. Does anyone need an arc? I know a guy. Oh my god, that was. <laughs> hated that one. Hated that one. <laughs> I hated that one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Underpaid. Right. Underpaid. All right, let's dive right into it. Breaking news today, man. Pizzo Musumani reportedly leaving Sundowns. Uh, he'll leave as, I guess, the most highly decorated coach in South Africa. Uh, and jetting off to Al Ahli in Egypt is is the rumor. And so oh, it's not the rumor. It's everybody is reporting on this. Every news site must be true. So it must be true. Um, but uh, okay, initial reactions. What do you make of this news, especially after the, the the contract extension? Pretty recently, only four months ago. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's a shock. It's an absolute shock for me. Um, you know, speaking with them not too long ago, and everything seemed to be hunky dory. It just shows you what's happening behind the scenes is is not quite what what is at face value. So. Um, I, th- I think it's a shock. I mean, he's obviously leaving on a high, having won what he has. There's obviously so much happening behind the scenes that we're not aware of, which is sad with such a, a formidable force that Sundowns are. And now he just leaves it. He's sort of, um, what's the word, you know, grown this group of players into a winning machine. And it's it's sad. It's sad. And I've learned now that... Um, Rolani might be going with as well. So it's, it's yes. <laughs> it, it makes you think. It makes you think what has been happening, what's been transpiring over the last few months is, is quite bizarre. Yeah, Lorenz, I mean, you're the one who let us know the kind of nitty gritty details here. Of course, nothing is confirmed and we don't have to say it is, uh, you know, we're just, we're just chatting. So mm. what are your thoughts on, 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 on this pizza move and, and, and what have you heard? Um, it also came as a complete shock to me, um, the resignation more than Al Ahli's interest or um, Al Ahli wanting him. Because I've known for a long, long time, Egyptians always calling me, hey, is Pizzo coming? Is Pizzo coming? It's been like this for like a year already. I know with Dad also, um, they have an interim coach in Mugwal Gamondi, so they were also looking at Pizzo. So whenever journalists or club officials ask me about I would say not happening. Pizzo is staying at Sundowns. Signed a contract, four-year contract recently. He just won the table. Why would he leave? But as Sean says, we obviously don't know what's going on behind the scenes there that he's tendered his resignation. Um, so what I know now is that he's accepted a two-year contract. He's basically got an unlimited budget. Um, 
in terms of what he can do, we can bring in. And from my information that I have now, Lani Mukwena, Cabello, Rengoa, the physical trainer, and Musi Matlaba, the performance analyst, is the three main guys that he's taking with him from Sundowns to Al-Akhli. Also, he will arrive in Cairo tomorrow after the Egyptian Cup game, which Rene Weyler, the manager, the current manager, was leaving. It's his last game. And he'll take his first training session on Friday. Wow. Jesus. Just like that. So, so I'll tell you, our sound engineer, Simon, asked me a pretty interesting question that I'm going to throw at you guys. Uh, he said, so Pizzo has won the CAF Champions League with Sundowns. And, you know, the, the word is that everyone is saying is, oh, he's done everything he can in South Africa. So that's why he's accepting this challenge overseas. But the, the only thing I'll actually would want him to win is the CAF Champions League. So, Sean, I pose the question to you. Do you think he's running away from any challenge here? I think he is running towards dollar signs, Lou. <laughs> That's what I think he's running towards. So, you know, money talks. And I think, as Lorenz said, there's, there's an open checkbook in terms of... And there obviously is here as well. Don't get me wrong. Patrice is not short of a dime or two, but I think we're talking mega money there. Mm. Just the mere fact that he can bring his own... Um, his own coaching staff with him, which doesn't, it does, you don't see that happening in South Africa at all, really. Yeah. Um, so his backroom staff will be joining him. Um, they will obviously be paid handsomely as well. Jeez, man. Yeah. I'm just trying to get my head around all the there. This is crazy. Yeah. Uh, Lorenz, let me, let me, let me get your take on this. I mean, Sundowns have signed all these players. Now they'll need to get a, a coach in. Do you think that maybe, Gavin is looking at this situation going, you know what, I can lead Chiefs to victory here because it'll be it'll be tough to manage a team so close. I mean, the the the, the PSL is gonna kick off again in on the twenty fourth. Do you oh, think I, th that? I think Gavin's thinking I should have waited another month and I would have got the Sundance job. Lorenz, your thoughts, bro. I think it depends on who Sundowns bring in next. Um I think one of the main candidates would obviously be the current technical director, um, Alex, I think, what's his name? Alex. The Spanish guy. Yeah, yeah. He was a yeah. Barcelona assistant right. coach. He was a technical director at Valencia. There was many talks about him possibly being the next coach even before um, before uh, Pizzo signed the new contract. They said this guy's going to come in. In South African football, when they, if they hire a technical director, it just means that this guy might be the coach if the current coach leaves. Um, but uh, to, 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 to answer the question about the challenge, Pizzo is three games away from being crowned a CAF Champions League winner again. Al-Akli is in the semifinals with Widad. So he wins the two-legged thing, he's in a final, and we could be seeing as now as an African coach lift the CAF Champions League again. So if that is not the challenge, then I don't know what is because he's won every single trophy into the African football already. Every single one of them. So, so I've just figured it out. Obviously, all this stuff that's happened with Blum Celtic mm. in terms of the cup final mm -hmm. and Langeman being coming on the pitch or being part of the squad where he was banned. Mm. Do you remember? Yeah. yeah. And then Pizzo's, uh, Pizzo, Patrice has come out and saying the people will be dealt with mm. strongly. Um, I think this has obviously all happened behind the scenes and Pizzo's just gone, you know what? I've had enough. Yeah. Cheers. It's like amateur stuff. You know what I mean? Sure. And, he, and then neither Pizzo or Mutsepe sugarcoated any of this. 
Pixar mm. was on a, on, a, on a TV show recently and he was like, it's not his job, like it was an oversight, yes, but it's not his job to to to, to, to see these things and and he, he shifted the blame. So I think, yeah, that must have caused a huge rift in division amongst administration at Sundowns this week. Wow. This is this is just, it's the most insane. I mean, I, I, I didn't even have time to come up with enough questions on this. Uh, I mean, when a guy leaves on a treble high, um, for 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 Egypt, I just I just didn't see it coming. So uh, we're gonna keep an eye on this story. Of course, it's developing. Probably by the time this yeah. podcast is edited, there'll be a whole bunch of new information. But um, mm. yeah, uh, we move on to a segment called pole position. Pole position. Uh, pole position is where we present a question to the fans. And the question I posed yesterday, I would have asked you guys about Pizzo, but I just didn't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, the question I posed was about Fiso Tlanti. Um, Kaiser Chiefs announced that he's training with them. Uh, and you know, Kaiser Chiefs has that transfer ban and they're appealing it right now. And so I asked you guys, uh, Tlanti, free agent, 30 years old, is it worth the wait Uh for him to, to, to wait it out with Chiefs, here's what you had to say. Hi, Sokala Duma. Um, this is Leratum Fenyana. And on this issue of Sifisotlanti, um, I think there's quite um, a lot of controversy behind the player and training with Kansas Chiefs. I think already the player knows what's going on with this appeal. Um, well, on my thoughts, I think he already knows what's going to happen. So he's training with the team because he knows that's where he's going to land himself this season. I think it is worth the wait that uh, player is training with the team uh, simply because uh, maybe the team is aware regarding which decision FIFA will take regarding their transfer ban. Yeah, I think it's worth it because Kaiser Chiefs is actually a team of his choice. For him to wait, I think it's worth it. So this story is so interesting to me because one, I thought you can't tell with FIFA. I mean, they took a year and a half to ban them in the first place and then for, for, for the DAC signing. And then they appeal now and the transfer window doesn't close too far away. It's uh, November that, that the PSL transfer window will close. And so is do you think Kayser Chiefs is that confident that they'll overturn this ban because they announced it on their Twitter page that Svisotlanti is training with them. Do you think that they're just... It's a a weird one, Slee. There's a few questions here from my side, like maybe Lorenz knows, but with this transfer ban, are you allowed to have players that are out of contract training in in terms of hoping to sign them? Because I thought you weren't allowed to. Um, What what I know is that Chiefs are obviously planning, hoping that that the cash... um, ban gets overturned, which has mm. happened many times before I saw Zambian team Ghana get this overturned with a similar situation. Um, but the rule book states that they can sign players. They can sign as many players as they want to. Nothing stopping, but they can't register players. Right. Um, I think Barcelona was the most recent high-profile case of having a ban. Yeah. They signed, um, it was Arda Turan or somebody, I can't remember who it was exactly. And he sat there and just trained with the team for six months until he could be registered. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And and getting paid. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, I mean, is is the worth wait for uh, Sophie Sofranti? For me, 100% yes. I think um, 
I think Jagan Sassman's come in. He's done well on the left hand side. Mm. Um, I still prefer Jagan as a as a left sided central defender. That's but that's me personally. I think his distribution of the ball is phenomenal. Mm. He might lack in the aerial battles now and again, but that's something you can work on. Um, and Sofiso going up and down that left flank for Chiefs is definitely something that I wouldn't say has been lacking, but. Um, um, will add great value to a team like Chiefs. And th- there's nowhere else I see him fitting in, to be honest, not at the club. Maybe Sundowns, but uh, um, I think it's a great match, a match made in heaven, if you ask me, and especially that he's coming on a free. Mm. Do, you, do you think, Lawrence, that like Kaiser Chiefs might have told Slanty something on the side and been like, listen, man, you know, it's gonna it's gonna work out. So just just chill with us. Look, it, it could be various things. I could have done that. He could be just be training to keep fit as well. It's uh, so one thing. I think it could be a PR stunt for Chiefs fans just to uh, Chiefs to make the fans happy. You know what I mean? They they upset. They're complaining every day on social media. They're attacking the admin. So it could just be something to to, to be happy. But what I can say is, Klanti and Frostler were the the fullbacks for Wits when they won the league under Gavin Hunt. Mm. Uh, mm. And uh, that just makes sense for me. Gavin Hunt loves his, uh, his, 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 his flying fullbacks. And I'm a big fan of Jagan Sassmans. I'm actually sad if if um, if Lanti does replace him in the team. But yeah, obviously what he does bring in his experience as a South African international and, and height. He's very, yeah. good in the air, um, very good in the air. Dominant. Um, I think Sassman might be a bit better than him going forward. And yes. Obviously, has more potential than Clanty in leaps and bounds because mm. he's much younger. But um, he's a better ball player in general. I yeah, think. yeah. So I, I watched Sassman since he was like nine years old at Ajax Cape Town, and mm. I've seen him progress to 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 where he is today. So I know what he can do. He can play anywhere on the pitch. And yeah. he just needs a bit of confidence and 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 more experience at that level with Chiefs to be one of the best left backs in the country. Yeah, I, I, I think, um, same as Lebusa, exactly the same player, very yeah. composed, can play the ball. I, 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 I love him as a player. But um, yeah, Planty is just one of those guys you bring in, slots into the team immediately, knows how Gavin Hunt plays, and um, he's capable of taking them to, to winning trophies. Yeah, it's 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 interesting to me as well when it comes to this transfer situation because Gavin Hunt has been quoted recently as well saying that if Chiefs want to win trophies, they gotta sign more players. Um, you know, if they he said also if the ban gets lifted, he'll definitely sign more players. It just feels like, you know, I don't know. I I feel like people don't say these things unless they have a little bit of confidence um, that that it will get overturned. And as you said, you've seen it happen before. Um, so it'll be interesting. I mean, like the 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 one thing is that Fisotlanti wouldn't be the only type of signing Chiefs would want to make here, right? I mean, we've we've spoken about their midfield issues. Uh, what players do you think are on the market, Sean, that uh, that Chiefs would also be looking at? Yeah, I mean, well, without doubt, you've got to look at someone like Cole Alexander, uh, Tabang Manari, somewhere in those positions that since George Maduleka left have seriously lacked. You could see the hole that George left when when he, he signed a pre-contract for Sundowns. Um you know, I think those two would certainly be on his uh, on Gavin's shopping list. Um, but yeah, Lorenz, you, do you think there's anyone else? Yeah, I definitely agree with those two names. Um, yeah. Monari and, and, and Cole, 
will bring will bring something that they do lack in terms of work rate um, and in terms of being able to get the game ticking. You know what I mean? Like what they have now, Katsande is I think he's one season away from from being over the hill. Um, and Teddy Akumo hasn't been that convincing, even though he's a really good box to box midfielder. Um, but other than that, if the depending on when the band uh, when the band gets lifted or if it gets lifted, I think Hunt would be more methodical in the way he signs because he said Chiefs have a, a team that's capable of winning the league. They sure. only lost they only lost the league by twenty minutes. Um, so players like Rowan Human would obviously be, be be something you're looking at, like young players that can come in, they can play, they can um, they can you know have a twenty minutes here, thirty minutes here playing in the cup games and stuff like that, but also not be upset by not being into the team. Because if you look at Chiefs' team now, it's packed with quality. It's, it's, there's a lot of quality. There's, there's Kama Piliat, there's Imsan Juma, there's Nurkovic Kassel. There's a, there's a lot of quality players. So the, the Flanti, Monare and Cole, like you said, is obvious, obvious signings that will improve the team. But other than that, I think you would just like to add, add some depth. And yeah. With with the appointments of of, of Shepard and and, and Zwane, um, I think the depth will also be added with MDC players that they obviously would be leaving. Um, and how many players now of Vitz Academy and MDC will be also available that Shepard's worked with over for a couple of years now? Correct. Also interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, from there we move on to the international news desk. And for that, we are joined by Sokola Duma International News Correspondent, Kurt Buckerfield. Kurt, how you doing? Good, man. How's it, guys? Good. Oh, oh, good. Uh, so what's interesting is Lorenz is also an international journalist for Kickoff. So now we have two international Woo! guys. Uh, but uh, Kurt, you obviously always take the stage here. Tell me, uh, Ansu Fati, the young teenager for Barcelona, he's, he's doing bits, he's scoring goals. Is he the real deal? Um, yeah, man. I, um, firstly, I just want to say hello to Lorenz, my friend. I hope you're doing well. Um, I think, look, last season, um, Ansu Fati made his debut. In a, it was a 12-minute cameo against Real Betis under Ernesto Valverde. And you could see straight away that this kid was, um, you know, on a different level to other teenagers around there. And I remember there being a lot of enthusiasm around his debut and after his first few appearances... But things, obviously, you know, as the season goes on, balanced out. Um, he played a lot of football towards the end of the season, too, under the new manager, Kike Setien. Um, but, you know, he really, over the last, I would say, two months, seems to have matured almost overnight. You know, there were times last season where he'd give the ball away cheaply. Um, but now he seems to be choosing the right moments. And... Already at 17, he understands when to take on his man, when to retain possession, when to make the run in behind, and when to come short. Um, and obviously, the reason you're asking me, is Ansu Fati the real deal, is because of his brace this, this past weekend against Villarreal. Um, he also won a penalty in that game. It was a 4-0 win. Um, but he made his full debut for, for Spain. Um, he started for Spain against Ukraine in the most recent international break. And I couldn't quite believe what I was seeing. He looked like... He was Spain's most dangerous player. Well, he was Spain's most dangerous player. He scored, I think he set the record for being their youngest ever goal scorer. 
um, and he was just completely unplayable, you know, um, and he's just going to get better. So to your question, Slu, absolutely. I think this guy is, is a top, top talent. A few habits that he'll have to iron out of his game, um, but what a brilliant prospect. Now, you know, the obvious comparison that has to be made, him being at Barcelona, uh, a teenage sensation, is too messy. Uh, yeah. Now, we always, I always shudder to say the next Messi or the, even the next Ronaldo. Uh, or the next Roberts. <laughs> the next Sean Roberts. Um, but um, let me throw this one to Lorenz, the other international gent. Uh, do you think that Ansu Fati just has to pave his own lane or do you think that is a, a him being at Barcelona, it's a mantle that he, he probably has to shoot for is, is, is being Messi's regen? Look, man, um, when Messi came out, Ronaldinho was the king at Barcelona. And they were obviously making comparisons with him as the next attacking talisman. But everybody always said, no, he's the next Messi. And I think the same applies here. It's very cliche. He's going to be Ansu Fati. He's not like Messi. He's not like Ronaldinho. He's, he's just a unique, unique talent. And I think... Speaking about that brace against Villarreal, what I've noticed about him compared to last season is he just had that, that order of, I belong here, I belong in this team. He was so confident, so composed, yeah. so like, it's like he's playing in that team for, for 10 years already. Like, yeah. the, the way he slotted those goals in, it's like, it was a training game. And that's scary for a 17-year-old to have that sort of composure. And if he can have... That composure at 17 is definitely going to be one of the serial goal scorers in years for years to come, for not only for Barcelona, but for Spain as well. Yeah, and Slu, I just want to add to that. There was that first goal that Ansu Fati took so well from that Jordi Alba cross, um, or when Jordi Alba 45 does. That ball was going onto Messi's left foot, but Ansu Fati had the confidence to say, no, this is my chance. Hit it first time into the roof of the net. And... You know, it's just it, like Lorenz just said, the confidence, the way he looks, it, it does look like he's been in that team for a long time. He looks, um, you know, like he's found his level and he belongs. Uh, but this kid's 17, only turns 18 um, next month. Um, so, yeah, what a future this guy has ahead of himself. I also have to add one thing that's very promising for both him and the club is that I think many of Barcelona's frailties last season was that it was unbalanced team and that they didn't have a left side, left sided forward. Um, yeah, and Kuman plays a four-three-three system that needs a left side forward and a right side forward. So, for example, when Barcelona were at their peak, at their prime, they had on that David Guia, they had like Pedro playing on the wide and stuff. So, Ansu Fati brings so much options now for them. Osman Dembele is also staying there, and it's just it's completely different team just because the system changes. And that Fatih is now bringing something that they didn't have last season. Yeah, Funny you should mention Usman Dembele. That's actually uh, who Kurt wants to discuss next. Links with Manchester United, I'm hearing. Yeah, so last night he was, uh, well, reports uh, broke in Spain um, saying that he is in talks with, with Manchester United. Obviously, as is the case with any big rumor like this, there will be uh, a million reports that follow saying that it's not happening and that Barcelona have denied all, all talks and all these rumors. But then today, again, Sky Sports about an hour ago, two hours ago, um, say that Dembele is in talks with Manchester United. I've read that 
if there was a deal um, that was going to happen, it would be a loan deal. Um, but yeah, we saw yesterday reports saying that um, it could be between 50 to 60 million euros. Um, yeah, I mean, look, it makes sense, I think, in terms of, uh, you know, he's a right-sided attacker. He comes off, uh, comes onto his left foot, and that's kind of the way that Solskjaer wants United to play, with, with inside forwards on either side. Um, but his, his injury record over the last three years has been really concerning. I think he's missed 80 games. Um, he's been unavailable for 80 games in three years, which is just crazy. Um, mm. And I've obviously read that Barcelona would be willing to sell him in order to fund a move for Memphis to pay, who has been Ronald Koeman's top target um, since his appointment. So it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Nothing concrete yet. Um, but I'm interested to hear, you know, your guys' thoughts. Yeah, let me let me get let me get Sean's thoughts here. Uh, he's a fan of Man United's rivals, uh, <laughs> so uh, I'd love I'd love to get your thoughts from from the potential of Jaden Sancho, young. So so, so that's my question to these guys: is this is this instead of Sancho? Then would this be a signing instead of Jaden Sancho? Apparently yes. Apparently yes. Basically, they said it was a it's a loan deal because obviously Barcelona. Or, or hesitant to see what if he goes to United and he ends up being a world beater there for a season, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, I think a loan deal would suit both clubs because, yeah, it is a, a alternative to Sancho because Dortmund are basically giving United the middle finger now. They're toying with him. They're yeah. literally toying with him because I think if United had, had bid that 80 million with a 20 million, 20 million add-on a couple of months ago, the deal would have been done. Yeah. But now that this bid is actually, yeah. I mean, they're like, okay, you were you're f***ing around uh, a couple of months ago, so you you can suffer. Basically, that's what they're doing. Well, I mean, my answer is United don't need Dembele; they need a miracle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's man. my answer as a City fan. Okay, yeah, I mean, it, it's an oh. interesting one to me. I, I think, I think, I always like a good redemption song, you know. And I think Dembele's had a rough time over at Barcelona. Uh, but we know his talent from his Dortmund days, uh, and so it, it's it's ironic to me that it's a it's a former Dortmund player who hasn't had the best time at Barcelona going to Manchester United instead of their main Dortmund target in Jadon Sancho. So yeah, I, I do think I do think so. I do think Dembele, you know, for all of his frailties and the injury record and. Uh, things like that. I do believe he would be better suited to the way Manchester United play in a counter-attacking system. At Barcelona, I mean, I don't know if any of you guys watched that that performance against Villarreal this weekend, but the way they pushed the ball was beautiful. And I don't think Dembele is that kind of player. Um, he's, he's a player who, who likes to get in behind. Now, of course, he can do that in that Barcelona system with the likes of Messi and, uh, you know, these guys who can pick that pass. Of course, he could fit the system, but I believe in a counter-attacking system where... Um, it's just like rapid, rapid pace with Bruno trying to play the ball through for Dembele or for Rashford or for Marshall. I just believe that he would be better suited to it. So I do think that it would actually work out um, if he stayed injury-free. But of course, yeah, we had to find out. Well, that is how we wrap up the International News Desk. Thank you very much, Kurt. Cheers, Kitty. Cheers, guys. All right. Uh, up next, we have uh, breaking PSL announcements today. Uh, next season will kick off on the 17th of October with the MTN8. The DSTV Premiership uh, will start on the 24th. 
Uh, they're hoping to end that one by June. We we also found out that we'll have a PSL award ceremony uh, sometime before then. We don't really know. We'll also have a fixture list soon. Soon, we don't really know. Um, but most importantly, the telecom knockout is not happening this season. Um, this season won't see it. The, also, telecom are falling out as the sponsor. It will come back. The knockout uh, tournament will come back in future seasons with a new sponsor, but they kind of said that, hey, you know, with the condensed schedule, um, you know, it being so tight already, it kind of just works out to not do it this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think it's a competition that's going to be missed, Sean? Yeah, it's always nice. <laughs> but I think footballers just want to play football, you know? Yeah. And I hope this isn't a thing of thing, a sign of things to come in terms of sponsors pulling out on certain things and um, an extra eight games lost to the league. Ugh, man, yeah, it's it just seems to be going bad to worse. Just thank God we've got a new sponsor on board for the PSL. That's the biggie, you know. I'm glad PSTV. that's all that's all come through, and uh, the PSL will hopefully just continue as it's it's gone. We've spoken at length about how these clubs are selling left, right, and center, and how people are buying statuses, which we are all obviously against. Um, and I hope now, yeah, we need we need competition back. The, the more, the merrier. Does it add more weight, in your opinion, to the MTN8 now? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So it'll become a lot more exciting, a lot more to play for. Um, yeah, absolutely. I think uh, if, if you're an uh, MTN sponsor, you're getting more uh, bang for your buck, basically, now, if you know what I mean. There's going to be more emphasis placed on the MTN8, for sure, as well as the PSL. Now, how, how did you react to, to the news, Lorenz? I mean, they kind of just called this press conference uh, in the morning. Uh, within 30 minutes, he was on screen. Um, do you... Are you, are you excited at least that we have a hard date? They're, they're, they're saying the 17th it's back. Yeah, it's obviously exciting because many of the clubs um, obviously need to sort out their finances now because of Corona as he came hard in terms of, in, in terms of like, you know, just having fans in the stadium and there's many things. The bio bubble took a lot out of their, their pockets. Um, all this Corona testing and stuff. So now it, it just gives the clubs a bit of of, of, of leeway to, to to structure their plans for the next season. So I think it's it's, it's really exciting to know when the PSL is going to start. And um, I think we're obviously going to see a lot more transfers now in the next few weeks, which is exciting for the fans as well. 100%. And uh, this is an easy segue into, I want to get your early predictions, gents. Okay, starting with Sean. Mm. Uh, I'm going to go uh, top three in order. For the DSC so, Premiership. So, I would have said Sundowns Chiefs Pirates mm-hmm. up until this morning. I'm going to go Chiefs Sundowns Pirates. Chiefs Sundowns Pirates. Yeah. Hmm. I think we underestimate the value of having Gavin Hunt there. And now with Pizzo gone, um, it's going to be a massive, massive gap left there. I, I, I believe if, if this ban is overturned um, and Gavin gets to sign those players we've been speaking about, I think Chiefs are... Definitely going to be front runners for the next two, three seasons. Interesting, Lorenz. Your your th- top three. Um, I'm going to go with Chiefs, Pirates, Sundowns. Um, mm. The reason why I say Sundowns third, even though they're so dominant with such a, they have the best squad in the league by by far. Mm-hmm. But the main issue is now they signed so many players. The squad is completely inflated. And Pizzo was the man who kept them happy. 
You know what I mean? Like this player, yeah. like who sat on the bench, like experienced players like Mabunda, whatever. These guys are not going to respect whoever comes in next because they're not pizza. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? So there's yeah. going to be major issues with that squad if they don't streamline it. And if they do streamline it, you have 10, 10, 11, 12 new players that you now need to to uh, to, 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 to to teach how to play the Sundowns way. Or even if it's going to be a new tactical system that the new coach brings in. So there's going to be loads of questions around him. And as you know, because of the pandemic, the fixtures are going to come in thick and fast. Especially sure. the Champions League as well, traveling across Africa. So Sundowns have a humongous task just to just to try and replicate what they did um, under Pizzo last season. Yeah, it's going to be a tough one. I actually, look, I, I, I'm going, I'm going left field. I'm going Pirates wins. Wow. Um, this guy? You're going Sundowns third place? Yeah, Sundowns third place. Oh, wow. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it's just, it's just so close to the new season for the coach to leave. I, yeah. I just feel like, Maybe they make another late run like they did last yeah. season, but it's going to be hard for them. Um, what do you think about Cape Town City? They were actually really good uh, the, the last end of the season. And that front three, if they can keep Kermit surprised. And we'll as, a, as about to say, um, they're going to run into problems if Kermit leaves. Yeah, but if those three can be kept at the club and get a couple of two, two, uh, two mark, let's say marquee signings that can improve the squad, Oh, I, yeah. I, you know what? I still don't see Cape Town City having enough depth, to be honest. That, that's that's my opinion. But I mean, certainly top five, top four, hundred uh, percent. I think they should be making some calls over to, and we'll talk about this in a second. Uh, it's no longer Ajax Cape Town; could be Cape Town Spurs. <laughs> uh, but I think they should be making a few calls over there. I think uh, who's the top scorer there? Mosi Atlaha, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, be like, hey, you can stay in the city. Um, <laughs> But I, I think I think Cape Town City was very impressive in the bubble. I think there was a there was a table put out that was they just were the best the team, right? The they were the best yeah. team, yeah. 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 Um, Super Sports United was second, so there could be a surprise package for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the PSL is known for that, like sporadically. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, we could see TX Galaxy win it. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> let's, let's relax. Let's relax. Listen, we know we all know the favorites are TTMFC. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, actually, that's a nice segue because I want to get your thoughts. Uh, the new boys, uh, Swallows FC, the actual, you know, they won promotion. Yeah. TTMFC, who bought their promotion. <laughs> and also TX Galaxy, who they came through late with their purchase, but they're also sneaking through Highlands is no more. Mm. What? Where do you think, where, where would you uh, see them finishing next year? Yeah, so I think Swallows are going to struggle, but I think they will beat relegation. Um, I think TTM will go down and I think <laughs> TS Galaxy will survive just because um, uh, Tim Sakazi, even though he's a lawyer, he's a football guy. Do you know what I mean? He knows football and that makes a world of difference in terms of the signings he's going to be making, the coaching staff he's got on board um, and just the small decisions you make behind the scenes that makes such a big difference and you've seen it happen at Ajax when you've got non-football people running football clubs. What happens? Yeah, it's yeah. a very good example. And TTM have the same. There's no football people there. Um, and Swallows, uh, I just, I just love the, I love the story behind Swallows back in the the PSL. And I, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope they do survive. Uh, I think Brandon Treated did a fantastic job there as head coach last season. Yeah. Um, he's been rewarded with a new deal. So yeah, 
Uh, Swallows to survive, TTM to go down, TS Galaxy to survive. Lorenz, what are your thoughts? I completely agree with everything he's saying. Um, Swallows and, and TS Galaxy, they have a, a feel-good factor about him. You know what I mean? Um, Dan Malisela's back. they got a couple of players that they that won the, the what was the Nedbank Cup against Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they had they had experience of playing in the CAF Confederations Cup. Even though they bought this status, it's a feel good factor. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Everybody besides people from Bendan Limpopo hopes DTM gets relegated, and that's just that's just <laughs> the reality of the situation. And if that's the case, I, I can see many of the of, of the teams want to punish DTM. And not just because of the way that this whole deal happened, but just the way that they carry themselves. They completely unprofessional. Like the the the, the statements, the press releases, that the tweets. That's a, that's horrible. It's like, what are you doing? It's it's making a mockery of our league, of our football. And I just feel that the fans and clubs and players will revel in punishing TTM. Every single week in the PSL, hundred <laughs> percent. They don't even have a coach now. They said they can't play Owen de Gama. They said they can't play uh, Tyson. They can't play Otto. Why are you buying a club? <laughs> they can't play PSL players, their salaries, and they, uh, the coach's salary. So yeah, that's the for me that I think is on the wall there already. They they sixteenth place guaranteed. Sure, sure. Fire predictions. Tell me how you really feel, Lorenzo. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's a that's a, a nice way to segue into ten quick fire questions, which is a segment where we get your favorite PSL players on the line and put them on the spot. This week we have a player. I don't even know if I can say, uh, but he okay he he was IX Cape Town's talisman midfielder. I, I won't say that he's a PSL star now or, or top flight star. That's uh, a <laughs> You know, <laughs> but uh, it's uh, Grant Margerman, and uh, here are his 10 quick fire questions. Who is the funniest guy at IX Cape Town that you played with? Um, the season or overall? Overall, um, so Elazar Rogers. Elazar Rogers, who is the flashiest dresser, like most expensive clothes? Um, Dabo Masadi, and then who's the worst dressed? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I think Tendo Mukumela. Yeah. <laughs> what type of stuff was he wearing? Uh, like that. He will just wear anything. <laughs> All right. What is the worst mistake you remember making in a match? Um, I think getting um, a second yellow card was Linson. I had to be subbed off, you know. But then I was actually um, wasting time, you know. But, you know, because the team was a bit under pressure. Mm. So they wanted me to take time and then... As I took my time to get off, I got the uh, second yellow card, and then we eventually did the match two two. Who would you say was your best friend at IX Cape Town? Mm, I would say um, Masila Kiposlongo. And what is so far? What is your favorite footballing memory? I think it, that my, my goal on my debut. Goal on debut, and then. Well, my next question is, what's the best goal you've scored in a match? I think it has to be the one this season against Cape Pomoya in the derby. What is Grant's favourite car? Mm, uh, BMW M2. And then what would you say is your favourite South African food, local dish? 
Chicken Kai. And last but not least, what is your favorite holiday destination? I think Amsterdam. Amsterdam. And you've been, right? Yeah. Very nice. Oftentimes, the guy has not been, but we know IX. And that is... Uh... <laughs> The most perfect segue into the Ajax Amsterdam. Story. You couldn't ask for anything better, right? Well, let's do. Ajax Amsterdam has parted ways with Ajax Cape Town. Uh, what, what broke my heart most about this is the statement that Ajax Amsterdam released, where they said um, the, the the team isn't producing enough young talent for the partnership to make sense anymore. Um, which you know, I didn't know that that was necessarily like the mandate like i thought that it was just you know maybe mutually beneficial oh, no 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 this is a business Lou. it's all business this clearly. is a business um, and, and but they're 100 right yeah i mean uh, i mean you think of how many players have gone overseas in the last five six years it's just not good enough yeah and um they've got the best facilities in south africa without a doubt um they've got a great structure in place there they're putting the kids through school and that all falls away now yeah just like the Vits did, this is all going to fall away. So don't be surprised if you see, what are they called now? Cape, what's it? They, they, they want, they've launched an application to be renamed Cape Town Spurs. Cape Town Spurs, don't be surprised if they sold. Watch this space. Ooh, That's Lorenzo, what I'm thinking. Lorenzo, I'm so disappointed. <laughs> what was your reaction to this? I mean, it's the worst timing, right? Yeah, it's, I think the writing is on the, was on the wall for a while now. And it was just obviously compounded like, by not winning promotion. Um, the the biggest factors is like Sean said about the talent that's not being being produced for IX Amsterdam. Um, the last thing they did was Lasina Traore, a Burkina Faso wonder kid that just trained with IX for a year until he turned 18 and then then he, he went over. But that was IX Amsterdam scouting him from other team and using IX as the as the the middleman. But we look at it like Dean Solomons and Leo Titani went over. They were very promising, but they sat on the bench for the most of it in the reserve team. Um, and the whole partnership is meant to bring in the Benny McCarthy's, the Pinas, the guys yeah. who can make the first team. Trelawney oh, Serreras, yeah. The guys who can make the first team and, and actually do something. So I think... If you if if you IX Amsterdam and you see IX Cape Town with the best facilities being bankrolled by you, not earning promotion from the second tier of South African football, then then that says enough. Like it's game over. It's like sorry, gents, you guys have wasted our time. Yeah, it's 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 crazy though. You know, probably the iconic kits is now going to fall away as well. You know, Cape Town Spurs. It's not just it's not going to have. I wonder if they're going to be able to retain a fan base. Uh, you know, because because I, I I you know before lockdown, I actually went to a couple IX Cape Town games, and they still there was still a, a strong contingent going there. So I wonder if those guys are still going to you know want to stay when it's Cape Town Spurs. Yeah. But it's it's a sad day um but, he's smiling about that he might have a couple of extra fans coming in next season oh good point eh? yeah good point yeah good points but it is sad i'm sure john and george kamitis are also sad to see this happen they've obviously invested a lot of time in cape town ix cape town they were, they were part of forming it weren't they as well with rob moore so it's uh yeah yeah i don't know i don't know what to say man i'm angry i'm upset i'm <laughs> disgusted i'm sad it's uh yeah it's just a sad it's a sad day for Cape Town football. Yeah, uh, you know next season 
we're, we're going to be looking at such a different landscape in terms of the teams yeah. uh, in in both leagues now, in both in both the Glad Africa Championship and the DSTV Premiership. Yeah. Um, so let's just move on. Let's not cry too loud. Uh, <laughs> uh, move on to a segment called This Week in Football History. Today we remember great moments from the past. We dive into the time capsule. Join us as we remember great moments from this week in football history. This week back in 1893, inspired by a recent trip to England, a Portuguese wine merchant named Antonio Nicolo Dalmeida founded a new club named FC Porto. Future club of Benny McCarthy. I just, I just find it hilarious that was a, a wine merchant. This week back in 1968, the Atlanta Chiefs won the inaugural NASL title, beating the San Diego Toros 3-0 over two legs. The first leg ended scoreless, but Atlanta took the second leg 3-0 with goals from Peter McParland, Delroy Scott, and one Kaiser Mutaung, yeah. who would then come back yeah. and name Kaiser Chiefs after the Atlanta Chiefs. Oh, is that true? That is true. Wow, that's amazing. I was wondering where you're going with it. I was like, what the f***? Yeah. Is the American <laughs> I'm soccer? I'm just talking to you about American soccer. That's brilliant. That's, eh? you know. yeah. Anyway, but yeah, the, the yeah, Atlanta Chiefs. A lot of people don't know. It was such a random thing that I, I found. I heard about this, yeah. But, it, you know, it's, it's funny because Kaiser Mutang is not the only person to just be like, I'll take this American team's name. Jomo did the same yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, You know, yeah. so... Interesting. It's funny. But speaking of Chiefs, uh, this week in 2014, Kaiser Chiefs completed their best ever start to a league campaign. Uh, they did so with a 1-0 win over Marisburg United, meaning that they had seven league wins to start the campaign. They ended up winning the Absa Premiership by a margin of 12 points. Sir. That's this week in football history, and we wrap up with Car of the Week and a motivational quote. What you got for us, Sean? Uh, this week, we've got Safiso Flancy's Jeep Wrangler. So interesting, we've been chatting about him and his beautiful car. Surprisingly comfortable for an off-road beast, these cars really have adapted well to urban life. Obviously, these cars are bought for the muddy weekend, fun hat in the mud and overland. What's good about them? The awesome off-road ability, even in mid-range form, and this usable family-sized interior. What's bad is still notable compromises to on-road ride and handling, and now priced like a fashionable lifestyle vehicle. I mean, it's now priced over about a million rand for the car, which is a bit crazy. So for that, I give it a 7 out of 10. Oh, damn. Well, I mean, he'll, Santi will be able to afford it, getting them damn. checks, you feel yeah, me? Cash, please. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, let's uh, wrap it up. It's been a wild day. Let's get a motivational quote of the week, Sean. Yes, sir. So this is from uh, Mr. Tabo Nyamani. Discipline yourself to do the right things daily. Go against your bad habits. Ooh, very, very nice. And that is how we wrap up the car wash today. Whether you've been listening to us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, 96.7 FM's Game Time on Mahi Gang FM. I have been your host, Slu Paho. That's been Sean Roberts. Away. And a big thank you to our emergency stand-in host, Lorenz. Thanks, bro. See you this time. Same place next week. Peace. Today is a great day for a car wash. Yeah, sure. Car wash. <laughs> this is the car wash on the SL podcast. This is a car.